0: may mga po, yung mga anak My children have questions if you can help me answer. Medyo na bakit yung bawat They're concerned, they're wondering why there's so many different divisions among the so-called defender groups. Which is true, right? There's so many different defender groups, I'm lost right now. are you Which group do you belong to? Oh, kahe, yeah. Okay, what do you believe? Kind of lost. Right. And so this question really makes sense. And so what they're requesting, the son or the daughter, I don't know, but the children requested the bottom part. It says an outsider's perspective guide to understanding what the assembly of Yahusha is about, an outline of how it came to be and what it teaches and how it is different from all other defender groups and INCN. General. Love the question. So we have like a basic synopsis of how the Assembly of Yahusha came to be. So how did the Assembly of Yahusha came? How did it came to be? Well, let's begin at the beginning. Is that okay? We'll go back at the very, very beginning. Let's go back to, I mean, I can only speak on my behalf. I can't speak for anyone else. I just want to preface that. I cannot speak uh, from the point of view of the other groups. I can only speak from my point of view, okay? So this is going to be John centric, I guess. Right? Cuz it's my own point of view. I mean, I can't read the other minds and the other minister's point of view. So they can butt in if they want, they can ask questions if they want for clarification, sake, if they want, okay? So how did the assembly of Yahusha came to be according to me as an observer, okay? First of all, um wow. You know, I was expelled from INC back in April 30, 2016. Wow, 2016. That's a long time ago. How many years is that? Almost five years. You know, when we got expelled from INC, the first thing I was looking for, you know what it was? A worship service. I was really surprised that after my expulsion, there was no worship service amongst these so-called defenders. Yes, they met for, what do you call that? Devotional prayer, um, group prayer meeting, but they had no gathering called a worship service. And so after I got expelled, because we were looking for worship service, I said, you know, we should have a worship service. And so I got into a lot of trouble. (laughs) I remember we had a devotional prayer prior to our first worship service. And I was at work in the morning and I get a call from the Philippines it was a, a minister and he was using a, an M name, right? He's using the names for some reason They're using names. And he just calls me, Kajan, wag mong yan. <laughs> It's like very authoritative. Wag mong ituloy ang pagsamba. Do not continue with the worship service. I don't even know how they found out who we were going to have a worship service. But he said, wag mong ituloy. Do not continue. It's like it's a like a, it's a wrong thing to worship God as a congregation and meet together for Worship, but you know, we still continued, and May 22 was our first worship service back in 2016. So we were worshiping for a while, we were at peace, and then all of a sudden, you have all these ministers who were against the worship service. And one, and so we all met, all the ministers. Workers, we all met together, those who were in the so-called different defender groups. And one senior minister said that we should not have that worship service because it will lead to the apostasy. So worship would lead to the apostasy. And he cited this verse, Exodus 32, 1 to 6. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. And said, come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. Aaron answered them, take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, it with a tool. Then they said, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced tomorrow there will be a festival to Yahuwah. So the next day, the people rose early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. Afterward, they sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. And so he was likening what we were doing uh, to what Aaron did. So I was kind of like Aaron, (laughs) right? And so I was going to lead the people to apostasy. I should have waited. He said, you should wait. You should not, you know, do what the people are telling you to do. First of all, the people did not tell me to do. I was the one telling the people you should be worshiping because it is is what we were taught. But the senior minister said, no, we should wait. And I was thinking to myself, wait for what? For Moses to come down? Wait for a new executive minister? To wait for Yahushua to come down? What are we waiting for? Well, What's the difference though? What is the big hole in his argument using Exodus 32 1 to 6 as a reference to tell us that we should not start worship service as a congregation because of this passage? What is the big hole in his argument? Big hole in his argument is there was no Bible during that time, right? Why? Because the lawgiver is going to the mountain to get the commandments, there was no Bible. Because the one who wrote the first five books of the Bible was who? Moses. And so it was right for him for them to wait for Moses, right? But brothers and sisters, do we have to wait for someone to give us the Bible? We already have the Bible. And you know what it says in the Bible, Hebrews 10, 25, 27? Let us not give up. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another And all the more as you see the day approaching. For if we deliberately keep on sinning, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifices for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Did the Bible tell us to wait? Bible says don't give up your meeting together. And so what did we decide to do? We kept meeting Together. Why? Because it was revealed in scriptures already. We don't have to wait for another instruction. The instruction was already given in plain sight in Hebrews 10, 25 down to 27. So we kept worshiping. Guess what? So that was like the first big division amongst the defender groups. It was worship. And so even before the worship started, We got persecution from a fellow minister preventing us to begin the first place. While we were doing it, we were another senior minister comes in and tries to stop us. And it doesn't even stop there. And so we're worshiping, right? There are two attempts to try and stop our worship. But there's another elder minister who tries to stop our gathering. Not going to mention their names, right? But this is the argument they, they posed. They said, well, you should not be worshiping because... Of the following passage, Judges 21, 24, 25. Then the people of Israel departed by tribes and families, and they returned to their own homes. In those days, Israel had no king. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. And so according to these ministers who wanted to stop the worship service, right, they said, well, because we have no king. We should just go back home and have the group prayer meetings because we have no executive minister. We cannot meet together for worship, just like during the days of Judges. Israel had no king. Therefore, you should just go back to your own homes. There's a lot of flaws in that argument. The first one in Judges 21, 24 to 25, it mentions they returned to their own homes, right? Do you know where they came from? Why do you return to their own homes? Where, where did they come from? Je, uh, Judges 21, uh, two down to five. They actually came from a from a feast. They came from a feast, uh, a feast of tabernacles, actually. And they had a lot of fun. That's where they came from. And prior to that, do you know where else they came from? Joshua uh, Judges 21, two down to five. So now the people of Israel went to Bethel and sat there in the presence of God until evening. Take note, we are in Genesis 21 still, right? Uh, judges, uh, Genesis, Judges. Uh, and so the people of Israel went to Bethel and sat there in the presence of God until evening. Loudly and bitterly, they mourned, Yahuwah God of Israel, why has this happened? Why is the tribe of Benjamin about to disappear from Israel? Early the next morning, the people got up and built an altar there. They offered fellowship sacrifices and burned some sacrifices whole. They asked, "Is there any group out of all the tribes of Israel that did not go to the gathering in Yahuwah's presence at Mizpah?" They had taken a solemn oath that anyone who had not gone to Mizpah would be put to death. And so these people who went back home—yes, they went back home—but where did they come? Where did they come from? Well, they went to gatherings like the festival of. Tabernacles, which is a form of worship, right? They also went to, they came from Bethel. They met for worship, not only in Bethel, they also met for worship in Mizpah. And so even though they were without a king, they still were able to meet for worship and offer up sacrifices to who? Yehovah God. However, that's not what I'm really concerned about. you know what's really even more bothering? When they said, if there's no king, you should just go back home. You know what the big problem there is? We do have a king, right? Who is our king? Our king is king, Yahusha. So that's not even relevant. It's not even applicable because we have a king. What is unfortunate, these ministers even called me on the phone and said, I'll ask you, right? When we were at INC, Before you can have a worship service, what do you need? You need an approval from the executive minister. What don't you need an approval for? A group prayer meeting. You can have a group prayer meeting without an approval from the executive minister. And so try to tell me the the worship services that we were conducting was against the will of God. Because they believe if there's no approval by the executive minister, you can only hold a GPM. So for the longest time, they call it what? G-P-M, because they think if we call it worship service and it's not approved by the executive minister, there's gonna be lightning bolts. We are committing sin against God. Brethren, all this is deeply rooted to the idea and belief that the executive minister is the king of the church or the assembly. Is that true? No, we don't need the approval of the executive minister. They even said, Brother Iranio Manalo is already dead. So we cannot make those decisions. Brothers and sisters, I love Brother Iranio Manalo. I love Brother Felix Juan Manalo. But my right to worship God did not come from Brother Iranio Manalo. My right to worship God did not come from Brother Felix Manalo. Where does it come from? Why can we have the conviction to worship God even if there's no quote-unquote approval from the executive minister? Hebrews 10, 19, 25. We have then, my friends, complete freedom. You get that? Complete, complete freedom to go into the most holy place by means of the death of Yahushua. Let us let us not give up the habit of meeting together. As some are doing, instead, let us encourage one another all the more, since you see that the day of the Lord is coming nearer. You would be surprised at the amount of persecution we got just because of the worship service, brethren. That was in 2016. Even before we started, we get a phone call from the Philippines. We get another call from from, I don't know where, here in the United States, from a senior minister. And then another minister visits us and tells us, no, this should be only a group prayer meeting not a worship service. Can you imagine if we stopped? Can you imagine that? It's a good thing we didn't stop. Why should we not stop? Because the Bible says we have complete freedom, freedom to go into the most holy place to gather together for worship. That is our conviction. We have the freedom to worship, not because of any man here on earth, but because of the man, the messenger, none other than Yahusha. Ha-Mashiach. And by His shed blood, we are able to worship. So, how did we, how did we get to the assembly of Yahusha? It began with, with with our worship, right? We stayed with our worship service, and so while we were worshiping, you know, some groups were against it, so there was a division there, right? And so we were known as the people who were worshiping or gathering worship. That's how we first came to be. But we did not stop there. Now that we are able to worship God, what did we decide to do? To study the scriptures, to study the prophecies. Why? Because we believe if Yahuwah God had answers and directions for us to do, it would come from the scriptures, right? And so we studied. Lo and behold, we found Isaiah 1, 21 to 23. See how the faithful city has become a harlot. She once was full of justice, righteousness used to dwell in her, but now murderers. Your silver has become dross. Your choice wine is diluted with water. Your rulers are rebels, companions of thieves. They all love bribes and chase after gifts. They do not defend the cause of the fatherless. The widow's case does not come before them. And so the Bible is telling us about these details of the prophecy, and we looked at them one by one. The faithful city has become a harlot. What is that in reference to? It's when kings unite with merchants, when when, uh, religious leaders unite with merchants and politicians, you know, what else? Righteousness used to dwell in her, but now murderers, the equivalent of murder is to hate someone. And so because in the name of hatred, you can maybe expel someone, What else? Rulers are rebels, so they disregard the instruction of the previous leader. Companions of thieves, loving loving bribes and chasing after gifts, defending the cause of the fatherless, the widow's case. We looked at this one by one and said, wow, everything, everything was fulfilled. And so this was kind of bad news. Why? Because of this, what did Yahuwah God say? Stop bringing me your meaningless gifts. The incense of your offerings disgusts me. As for your celebrations of the new moon and the Sabbath and your special days for fasting, they are all sinful and false. I want no more of your pious meanings. I hate your new moon celebrations and your annual festivals. They are a burden to me. I cannot stand them. When you lift up your hands in prayer, I will not look. Though you offer many prayers, I will not listen for your hands are covered with the blood of innocent victims. And so because of the atrocities against Yahuwah God, what did Yahuwah God say to their worship, their prayers, and their offerings? Yahuwah says, it disgusts me. And so we began to think, does it mean there's no more plan for salvation? Turns out there is, because in Isaiah chapter 1, 9 to 10, so the daughter of Zion is left as a booth in a vineyard, as a hut in the garden of cucumbers, as a besieged city. Unless Yahuwah hosts had left to us a very small remnant, we would not have become like Sodom. We would not have been made like Gomorrah. And so it makes sense. It makes perfect sense what was happening. And we can see through the prophecy in Isaiah chapter one, the direction we need to take. And so we presented this lesson back in November of 2016 and many people, again, were very upset. You know what they said? They said either Brother FYM or Brother EGM taught the name or they, they also did not teach all about the prophecies, right? It's true because Brother Irani Manalo, Brother Felix Manalo, they never mentioned, they never taught Isaiah 1, 8 to 9 and 1, Isaiah 1, 26 to 29. They never taught those prophecies in the way it was unfolded okay and what the problem is you know prophet isaiah did and so we held on to that we believed in the very small remnant prophecy and so more divisions came to be and so how did the assembly of yusha come to be well it started with you know our freedom to worship and we did we studied the prophecy and we found isaiah 1 8 to 9 and so the next question is according to the prophecy in isaiah 1 how can we continue the work of the very small remnant, right? And so we kept reading 126, I will restore your judges as in days of old, your counselors as at the beginning. Afterward, you will be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. And so when you look at the prophecy, it doesn't mention, I will give you one overall leader because many of us were looking for one overall leader that would somehow continue the legacy of Brother Irani Manalo. But when you look at the prophecy, that's not what it says. It doesn't say I'm going to restore you a judge or a counselor, but judges, counselors. And so Yahuwah God is removing, right, this idea of one overall leader. And it makes a lot of sense because it was never really the will of God. What's the proof? Matthew 23, 8 to 10. You must not be called teacher because you are all equal And have only one teacher. And you must not call anyone here on earth father because you have only the one father in heaven. Nor should you be called leader because your one and only leader is the Messiah. And so according to Yahushua, when it comes to leading the church or the assembly, Bible says no one should be above everyone else. All of us are equal. Yes, there are so-called leaders but it is not the equivalent of ruling over, ruling over the other brethren. because if that was the case, then you're becoming like another Messiah. Yahusha says you're one and only leader is who? The Messiah. And so as we continued further, we had a Christ-centered leadership compared to before it was a Manalo-centered leadership. Not anymore. We are a Christ-centered leadership. Our true executive leader, the one who is in charge overall, is who? Yahusha. So we move to a Christ-centered leadership. And, you know, of course, a lot of people get upset again. They start persecuting you again. But we kept at it. And so we kept studying the scriptures. And so what happens then? Well, the third group, which is when we look at the prophecies concerning where we came from, the INC, it has many prophecies, and this is one. The third group, right? It will go through the fire. But if we keep looking into the prophecy, not only will it go through the fire. The Bible says they will call on my name, and I will answer them. I will say they are my people, and they will say Yahweh is God. Even the prophecy about the third group in Acts two thirty-eight to thirty-nine. Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Yahusha Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off as many ask the Lord our God will. call. We know this prophecy about the third group. What is the promise given to the third group? They will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's the proof of their calling, the Spirit of God. And according to Apostle Peter, how will the spirit of God be manifested in the latter parts of the ends of the earth? In Acts 2:17 to 20:21, 20, in the last days, God says, I will pour my spirit on everyone, not just the apostles, but everyone. Your sons and daughters will speak what God has revealed. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour my spirit on my servants, on both men and women. They will speak what God has revealed. And if you go all the way to the latter parts of the ends of the earth, right before the terrifying day of the Lord comes, verse 21, then whoever calls on the name of Yahuwah will be saved. And so we have there again that the prophecies pertaining to the third group leads to, as we continue to unfold the prophecy towards the calling of the name. Even in John 10, 16, we know this prophecy well about the other sheep and the other sheep of Yahusha. what will they eventually know? In John 17, 24, in verse 26, it says, I have declared to them your name, that is the sheep, with him when Yahushua was on earth. Because when Yahushua was on earth, he has sheep, right? But he says he has other sheep, not yet in the fold. And so Yahushua says, I have declared to them, to the sheep present with Yahusha when he was on earth, I will declare to them your name. Not only that, and will, future tense, declare it in the future. The other sheep will also know the name of Yahuwah. This is why Hebrews 2, 11 and 13. So now Yahusha and the ones he makes holy have the same father. This is why Yahushua is not ashamed to call them as brothers and sisters. For he said to God, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people. He also said, I will put my trust in him. That is, I and the children God has given me. So the sheep, the other sheep, the children given to Yahusha, they will receive the name because it will be proclaimed by Yahusha to them. This is why one of the things uh, that, we identify with is the proclaiming of the name of yahuwah and yahushua this is fundamental to our beliefs again they will come back with the same rhetoric but it was not taught by brother felix manalo it was not taught by brother Irani manalo that's true that's true and we don't deny that it was not taught by Brother felix manalo it was not taught by brother Irani manalo but who taught it moses the prophets. Some 7,000 times is in the Bible, Yahusha Christ taught it, the apostles taught it, and so brothers and sisters, question I ask is, is the authority of brother Irani Manala, brother Felix Manala, greater than the authority of Moses, the prophets, Yahusha Christ, and the apostles? I will let you answer that yourself, okay, so how did the Assemble of Yahusha come to be? Yeah, it started with, with worship, we looked at the prophecy. We change our leadership. It's Yahusha. There's no executive minister here on earth, right? Now we're gonna we start proclaiming the name of Yahuwah and Yahusha. But the prophecies are not finished, so we kept going, right? Jeremiah 23: 3 to 4. But I will gather the remnant of my flock from the countries where I have driven them. I will bring them back to their own sheepfold, and they will be fruitful and increase in number. Then I will appoint responsible shepherds who will care for them, and they will never be afraid again. Not a single one will be lost or missing. I Yahuwah have spoken. And so according to the prophecy, the remnant of the flock, well, Yahuwah God's not going to leave them be. He's going to bring them together, and they will have their own sheepfold. In other words, they'll be organized by Yahuwah, given to Yahusha, and they will be given A certain identity. What is that? Isaiah 43, 7. Bring everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. What is that name that he created for his glory? It is the name Yahushua, which has his name, Yahuwah. It is the only name given by which we are saved. The Bible says they are to be called by that Name. This is why we decided to register our group as the Assembly of Yahusha. Why Assembly? Because the word Assembly is more accurate than Church when it comes to the people who belong to Yahusha, because the word Church also denotes the building. But assembly denotes the people because the one that is to be called by the name Yahusha are the people. And so assembly of Yahusha, that is the more correct translation of those who belong to Yahusha. And, and they're going to say, well, but, you know, it means that you re, you establish another Church, right? This is the most common criticism we get. You establish another church because you registered your group as the Assembly of Yahusha. Here's my question. When you register as a church, are you starting a new church? Did you establish another church? When Brother Felix Manalo registered as a church back in 1914, did he establish another church? What is your answer? No, he did not. What was the purpose of the registration? We know this prophecy well. Isaiah 43, 5 to 6. When it was registered in 1914, it was not to establish the church. It it just made official the bringing or assembling of God's people in the Philippines so that they can legally do religious works in the Philippines, right? And the prophecy is not even complete. After Brother Felix Manalo passes... And Brother Iran Manalo continued the work. What, according to the prophecy, we're still in Isaiah 43, 5 to 6, what will happen also? The Bible says there'll be a gathering from the West. It is the same sons and daughters of God from the ends of the earth, but this time the gathering is no longer in the East, but in the West. Was that fulfilled? Yes. The registration in 1968 did not establish a church. It just made official the gathering or assembly of God's people in the U.S. so that they can legally do religious works in the U.S. But we know what happened from this church. We're not going to talk about that. But we left that church for obvious reasons that we discussed in many of our previous Bible studies. And so Yahuwah God, is he finished with his work? We read 43, 5 to 6. Let's just keep reading. Verse 7. Bring everyone who is called by my name. And so when you notice Isaiah 43, 5, 6, and 7, it includes three registrations. One in 1914, one in 1968, and another one in 2020, right? And so just because the church is registered does not mean it is the establishment of what Yahusha is of the church or the assembly that belongs to Yahusha. That's why, because of the prophecy in Isaiah 43:7, we register the church in the name of Yahusha so that our assembly, every one of them officially now bear the name of Yahusha and continue to conduct religious works legally in the United States. Is this a new thing? No. Even in the first century, the people were called by a noble name. What is that noble name? The name of Yahushua? Christ. So our duty is not just to proclaim the name now, but also to be called by that name. Hence, assembly of Yahushua. What is the promise for those who are called by that name? Well, in Matthew 10, 32, 33, those who declare publicly that they belong to me, I will do the same for them before my Father in heaven. But those who reject me publicly, I will reject before my Father in heaven. And so that's uh, another part. How did the assembly of Yahushua, uh, how did we come to be? We started with worship. And when we started worship, there were divisions, right? There were some groups who, who were no longer supporting us. And then we looked at the prophecy. We declared it. People again. No longer, some did not support us. Then we look, we changed the leadership. We're not looking anymore because before, in all honesty, when we first got expelled, we were looking for another executive minister, right? But not anymore. I said, no, that's not the plan of Yahuwah God. There is no executive minister in that sense. There's only one leader that is Yahusha. Then we start proclaiming the name, Yahuwah Yahusha. Then now we are beginning to be called by the name of the Yahushua. And if you look at the pattern, if you look at the evolution, the progress of the assembly of Yahusha, you will notice one thing that kind of stands out. You know what that is? It is this idea that if it was not taught by Brother Felix Manala, if it was not taught by Brother Iran Jim Manala, it should be rejected, even if it's not found in, even if it's found in the Bible. There are even some preachers who say, you know, you should not even search the scriptures anymore. Don't search the scriptures anymore. I said, wow, you're scratching my head. Don't search the scriptures? Are you kidding me? You know what the Bible says about the scriptures? Second Timothy three sixteen and 17, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching the truth, rebuking error, correcting faults, and giving instruction for right living so that the person who serves God may be fully qualified And equipped to do every kind of good deed. Question, what scripture, what part of scripture is worthy of study? All. Why all? Because all is what? If we say parts of scripture should not be studied, then what are we saying? It's not important if it's inspired by God, right? Because if we're going to say, well, Brother Felix Manalo, Brother Iranian Manalo never taught it, then what we're saying is what Brother Felix Manalo taught is more important than what was inspired by God. And that's blasphemy. And there are even those who go so far as saying, we do not add. To what Brother Felix Manalo taught. We do not subtract to what Brother Felix Y. Manalo taught. We stick with that. That's dangerous. Why? Because the Bible says in Revelation 22 18 to 19, I, John, solemnly warn everyone who hears the prophetic words of this book if any add anything to them, God will add to their punishment the plagues described in this book. And, and this is the part, and if any take anything, away from the prophetic words of this book, God will take away from their share of the fruit of the tree of life and of the holy city, which are described in this book. Isn't that dangerous? When you will say to people, reject the Bible that was not taught by Brother Felix Y. what you're essentially telling the people is to take away from the book. And if you take away from the book, Bible says, that you will not receive the share of the fruit of the tree of life. Brethren, it's time for us to move to our true king, Yahushua, and accept the authority that will lead us to salvation. It is all scripture, the book that comes from Yahuwah, our God. And that last part right there, brethren, is causing our group, a lot of persecution and people do not believe that we should not be, that we should be declaring anything that was never preached. But I believe in the authority of scripture. I believe that the scriptures should not be limited by Brother Felix Y. Manalo, 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17. So this is what the assembly of Yahushua is all about. This is how we came to be. The step-by-step. Step. It began with worship. Then we studied the Bible. And then we focused on our King Yahushua. Then we proclaimed the name. Then we were called by that name. And now we hold on to all scripture. Step-by-step. Step. And what we realized and found out is this. As we went step-by-step step to where we are now, We know. We're not yet finished. The journey continues. But what we understand in our journey is this. Throughout this process, we can see with our eyes refinement in what we received initially towards perfection and restoration. That, brethren, is the work of God that he wants to finish and complete in us and through us. And so let us work with Yahuwah God in the unfolding of the prophecies. Do not be stagnant. Allow Yahuwah to complete his work in you. Because if we're going to say, I only will accept what was taught to me back then, then we are not letting Yahuwah God to complete his work in us. We need him to complete his work in us. Because otherwise, how can we reach the mountaintop of our salvation?